Bulletcast. For life. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Under the Radar. My name is Brandon Tanguma, and yes, I am back. I've been away for a number of weeks now. I've been doing some stuff for school. As you guys know, I'm going to SF State. I've been there longer than I care to admit, but this should be my final semester, so I had to take care of some things, had to do some graduation application stuff, and I've also been working on a very special project that... I've been doing for school, but you guys will also reap the benefits from it as well. I'll talk a little bit about that more at the end of the show, but let's just jump right into it. We have some breaking news to talk about, and we've been talking about Samoa Joe recently, but unfortunately we have some more bad news for Samoa Joe. WWE announced today that they have suspended Samoa Joe. I'm not going to try to read his real name because it is a Samoan name, and I'm not even going to try to touch it. He has been suspended for 30 days effective Monday, February 24th, for his first violation of the company's talent wellness policy. No word yet on exactly what this means, what the substance was, but we've talked about it. Samoa Joe suffered an injury a few weeks ago. He comes back. News came out that he got a concussion during a a commercial shoot. I assume both of those were legit, and so is this wellness policy being legit as well, that they're not linked to one another because the suspension is effective from yesterday on Monday. And uh, this just really sucks for Samoa Joe, very similar to the concussion situation that we talked about. He was finally kind of getting his momentum behind him. He was in a main event feud with Seth Rollins, AOP, and all his buddies. And then he gets injured. And then he comes back again, and then he gets injured again. And now he's popped 30 days for the wellness violation. Who knows how much this is going to affect him. This is going to not effectively take him out of WrestleMania, but it's going to take him out of, I think, a lot of WrestleMania hype. Because this will, from February 24th to March 24th, that's pretty much up until past Elimination Chamber, and after Elimination Chamber, full gear towards... Uh, WrestleMania, and who knows exactly what the plans are with Seth Rollins and his posse going up against Kevin Owens and his posse. Is it going to be Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins straight up one-on-one? Maybe a six-man tag with Murphy AOP against some other people that has kind of been in the mix as well. Who knows, but unfortunately, another wellness policy violation, and we're going to talk about another wellness policy violation who's going to be coming back on the Blood Money show, which we will give a full preview for. You know what? Let's just do the preview right now. What the hell not? So, uh, rumor and innuendo says that The Undertaker will be traveling to Saudi Arabia to take part in Super Showdown, otherwise known as Blood Money 5 here on the podcast. But uh, it was confirmed on the Wrestling Observer that The Undertaker is traveling with WWE to Saudi Arabia for this Thursday show. John Pollock of Post Wrestling also reported that Undertaker is currently scheduled to appear at Super Showdown. Undertaker versus AJ Styles is the plan for WrestleMania 36, but it hasn't officially been announced yet. Styles is going to take place in the... I'm going to butcher this to what... It, it's a gauntlet match with a trophy on the line at Super Showdown. Andrade, Bobby Lashley, Eric Rowan, R-Truth, and Rey Mysterio are also set for that gauntlet match. 
He also had his run-in with Goldberg at Saudi Arabia. So who exactly knows what this means for Super Showdown, but I think we're going to see something in Undertaker and AJ Styles getting doing something or another. I wouldn't think that the Undertaker is going to get involved. I mean, he could get involved if we're going to just totally fantasy book here. You can see the Undertaker get involved with The Fiend at WrestleMania or at Super Showdown. That's how you get Goldberg to get the title on him without completely burying the Fiend. And you can do Fiend Undertaker at WrestleMania. You can do Fiend ver- or you can do Goldberg versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania as well. Because also rumored innuendo is that the SmackDown side of WrestleMania it is just completely in flux. Nobody really knows what exactly was going on. The original plan was Goldberg versus. Uh, or sorry, John Cena versus Elias, and that match seemingly has been scrapped. Who knows what John Cena is going to be doing at WrestleMania? Because it seems as though he's still going to be doing something at WrestleMania. But with Cena coming back this Friday on SmackDown, we're going to get at least a glimpse, I think, on what he's going to be doing. I mean, maybe it's just going to be raw, raw. I'm John Cena. I'm back home, and I love each and every one of you. It's going to be in Boston, so he will get a warm response. But all in all. We don't really know. It's Super Showdown. It's a blood money show. Don't exactly know what to expect. But if I can pull up the card real quick, because I would—I assumed that the card was going to be on this page with The Undertaker, because some, sometimes that's what happens. But unfortunately, it was not. But we're going to just do a quick rundown. It's a, it's a Saudi Arabia show, so obviously nothing too major is going to be happening on this show. As I said... Fiend versus Bray or the Fiend Bray Wyatt taking on Goldberg. I think this match is just weird, and who really thought that this was going to be a, a thing? I would. I this one is actually a really tough one to call. It's like if you if you're not thinking, just have the Fiend go over. It's Goldberg. He's there to get his blood money, and Fiend can go over, and he goes on to WrestleMania and face Roman Reigns. But then, like the more you think about it, it's like the Fiend. I mean, how much is he really working right now? He's doing the the silly, kooky Mr. Rogers vignettes. Goldberg, I mean, he Goldberg, as much as we kind of poo-poo on him on how bad he is as a wrestler and everything, but he gets the crowd behind him. He can be very similar to what he did a few years ago, win the Universal title, have a month-long reign with it, drop it at WrestleMania. Now... I don't know if the end goal is to get the Universal title on Roman Reigns. I think either The Fiend or Goldberg, both of those are not good opponents for Roman Reigns because I think the crowd will side with the opponent of Roman Reigns. If it is those two men, I don't really know if there's anybody else that you can put against Roman Reigns that really could get the fans to cheer Roman. But this is just kind of the dilemma we've been in with the Roman Reigns situation for the past five years. It's just one big circle jerk. You think you're going somewhere with them, but then they do something, and then the crowd hates them again. But I'm just going to put my money, safe money, on the Fiend. Bray Wyatt wins. Pretty straightforward. He no-sells the spear, no-sells the jackhammer, and then puts the minimal claw on him. One, two, three. We go home happy. Goldberg got the, you know, he got the shine on SmackDown, so now it's time for Bray Wyatt to get his heat back. Then the WWE Championship, Brock Lesnar taking on Ricochet. They haven't really done a whole lot of hype between these two. I know the real mon- the real money is in Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre, as it should be, but I thought they could have done a little bit more into kind of build up 
Ricochet's case to why he could and would beat Brock Lesnar, but they just haven't really done that. And it's a Brock Lesnar match at Saudi Arabia. I think it should be really fun if it's given the time. When I mean time, I mean like five, ten minutes. But it it should be if Brock Lesnar, which is always the if, if Brock Lesnar wants to work with Ricochet, it could be fun. But Brock Lesnar will win. Then we get the Raw Tag Team Championship match: Seth Rollins and Murphy taking on. Sorry, Seth Rollins and his buddy Murphy taking on the Street Profits. And this one is also a tough one to call. It's kind of it's a Saudi Arabia show. You can be like, just get in, get out, don't get hurt, make your money, and move on to the next show. But the Rollins Murphy situation. I haven't really been that high on what they've been doing with Seth Rollins recently, and the Street Profits. I've had my qualms with them, and they haven't really been booked properly as well. But, eh, what are you gonna do with Seth Rollins at WrestleMania? I think that's really the question. You can. I think they're gonna win here, but I can see them dropping the title on a Raw or at Elimination Chamber to set up whatever they're doing at WrestleMania. I still think it's Seth versus KO. Yes, it might not be uh, the biggest match in the world, and I don't know how they get there within a month and a half from now, because they just kind of been doing so much of the same stuff over and over and over again. But I'm going to go with the Street Profits. No re- or, sorry, why did I say that? I'm sorry, I'm a little tired today. I'm going to go with Rollins and Murphy to retain the titles, and move on. If I were to pick someone to beat them for the titles, I mean, the Viking War Raider experience hasn't been doing much recently. I would assume you take them off with a babyface team. I can see them going back to the Street Profits. I can see AOP getting involved, do some sort of shenanigans, and then you get the Street Profits uh, a rematch at Elimination Chamber. Maybe that's where they get the win. So, And then maybe they do Street Profits AOP. AOP wins at WrestleMania I, I don't know. But next up, we got the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Uh, the New Day, the champions, taking on Miz and Morrison. Now, this one, it's up in the air. Very similar. It's like it's a Saudi Arabia show. Who who really knows when it comes to these shows? But I'm going to go with New Day to retain once again. And just because I didn't like what they did with Morrison and Miz last week where they had... Uh, Roman Reigns and Dana Bryan beat them. It's like if you're trying to build up your number one contendership to the tag team match, why would you have them lose in that situation? Yes, I know it's Roman and Dana Bryan, two of the biggest stars, definitely on SmackDown and in two of the top five on your co- in your company. That being said, I could see them putting it on Miz and Morrison just because it's something different. Morrison's back, give him something to do. We've had New Day be champions for so long, not particularly in this reign, but just they've been champions so much. Maybe it is a time to kind of switch it up and you can go Miz and Morrison take it on the Usos and you can have Roman Reigns get involved and maybe, you know, have some six-man tag matches that way. But, uh, yeah, I think, once again, I could, I think out of all the matches, I can see this one being the one where they take the titles and they do a title switch, but I'm just going to stick with New Day, keep it very straightforward and simple. And moving on, we got King Corbin taking on Roman Reigns in a steel cage match. Uh, finally, this feud better be over after this. Roman Reigns wins with a spear. Pretty straightforward. The crowd is probably going to go crazy because they've never seen a steel cage match before, but yeah, there you go. Uh, the SmackDown Women's Championship, Bailey versus Naomi. This is another look at how progressive and great Saudi Arabia is because they're allowing women to wrestle. 
I would assume it's going to be very similar to Natalia and Lacey Evans, where both of these women are going to be wrestling in a swimsuit. And when I mean a, I don't mean a two-piece bikini, I mean like a full-on whatever you, uh, I don't even know what the hell you call it, a, a, you know, like what the divers wear, a full-on like rubber suit that Nao, that Lacey and Natalia were wearing. It's just like, Okay, I'm all for... I get it, you're trying to like build women equality and stuff, but it would mean a lot more if you have the women wrestle in the attire that they normally wrestle in. That being said, if I can see, I actually could see Naomi winning, winning it here. I Once again, I don't understand why Naomi is kind of put in this position. I think she could be so much more. I'm not saying push her to the moon and she can be the number one star in the company, but... I just feel like they kind of botched the whole situation where she takes the loss in that comeback match that they had in San Jose for the number one contendership. But I think I think it'll be very similar to what they did with Carmella. It's going to be a, a decent match. Maybe it's going to be very. It's going to be maybe too scripted because it has to go past the athletic commission and all the other bullshit that has to do with Saudi Arabia. But uh, I'm going to go with just Bailey gets the win, probably cheats, pull the tights. This leads to. Some you know an elimination chamber match or whatever. I don't. I'm very confused because Lacey Evans alluded to like an elimination chamber match at elimination chamber. So does that mean we're gonna have basically two of the same matches with the women in an elimination elimination chamber match? Maybe one is for the title and one is to determine the number one contender. Who knows? Uh, and then finally, we got. Uh, I know we. God damn, this match is still going on. Or uh, no, that's a. Uh, Never mind. We got the gauntlet match, Rey Mysterio, R-Truth, AJ, Andrade, Eric Rowan, and Bobby Lashley. Who really knows? Who really cares? Andrade's back, so good for him. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with Andrade, Zelina, uh, Humberto Carrillo, and uh, Angel Garza. And Rey Mysterio probably thrown in there as well. As I said, maybe Undertaker gets involved some way, somehow. I'll say AJ gets the win. And then that leads to the gong going off, which will set up the match later on. So now that we've talked about some WWE, let's talk about some New Japan. There's been some fantastic matches going on in New Japan. They had the New Beginning show a few weeks ago. Naito and Kenta, that match was fantastic. Uh, Osprey and Sabre Jr., that match was fantastic. If you haven't, go and see it. There's also some new IWGP Tag Team Champions. Yes, the Gorillas of Destiny beat Finjuice 4, which I don't know if I really talked about on the show. But then, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi beat the Gorillas of Destiny, so now they are the new Tag Team Champions. Good stuff there, but we have also have the anniversary show coming up for New Japan. This show will be taking place, if I can find it, it will be taking place on March 3rd, uh, 5 a.m. Eastern Time, 2 a.m. Pacific Time, airing live from Tokyo on a Tuesday in on New Japan World, if you got it. So, the main event, a non-title match between the IWGP heavyweight and IC champion Tetsuya Naito facing the cruiser, or the... Oh my god, I am completely... Not the light. It's a junior heavyweight champion. I kept wanting to say light heavyweight champion. The junior heavyweight tam- champion, Hiromu Takahashi. Two of the LIJ members going face-to-face. This match should be absolutely bonkers. I am very excited for this match. I think Naito goes over, but in the meantime, this match is just going to be balls 
Total Wall Crazy, and definitely recommend you go check that out. Then we got uh, Okada, Osprey, Sho and Yo versus Shingo Takagi, Evil, Sonata, and Bushi. Uh, with LAJ getting such a spotlight in the main event, I think they take the loss here in the semi-main, giving it to Chaos with the babyfaces going over. But also you can see with some uh, fuse maybe being built in that maybe somebody gets the pin on somebody and that can go... Uh, Onwards, we get a six-man tag: Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kota Bushi, and Taguchi taking on Zack Saber Jr., Taichi, and Doki. And once again, do you just put the baby faces over clean? There also there is Taguchi here, so I'm gonna go with Saber Jr. beating Taguchi for the win. Zack Saber Jr. is also possibly in a feud with uh, John Moxley after John Moxley had that absolutely great match with Minoru Suzuki, Zack Sabre Jr. laid out John Moxley, so possibly Zack Sabre Jr. coming for that U.S. title. Then, on the undercard, we got uh, ten, We got a, you know, a bunch of tag team matches here, so nothing really to write home about, but for this anniversary show, definitely that Naito versus Takahashi match is one to look out for. And also, we have the New Japan Cup. We have these matches taking place. So we have uh, the opening round starts on March 4th, which the finals will take place on March 21st. All cards will air live on New Japan World with English commentary. So if you like the English commentary, definitely go and check that out. So we have the first round matches announced so far. On March 4th, Togi Makave versus Jeff Cobb. That match should be very good. Ishii, as you all know, I love Ishii, taking on Toa Henarare, I think I finally got that name right. You know I gotta go with my boy Ishii on that one. Toriyanu versus Chase Owens. That match will uh, be interesting, to say the least. And Kolkabana taking on Bad Luck Fale. First glance, I'll go Makabe, Ishii, Yano, Bad Luck Fale. Then, March 7th, we got Okada taking on Jay White. That match should be really, really good. Yuji Nagata versus Minoru Suzuki. Juice Robinson, Alex Coughlin, David Finley, Tongaloa. Uh, those matches should be very good as well. That Okada-Jay White match should be interesting to see how it goes. I think... Jay White uh, is probably one of the favorites to win the New Japan Cup. If you guys don't know, the New Japan Cup is a single elimination style tournament, and the winner ends up getting a IWGP Heavyweight Championship opportunity. I would assume that means they also get an IC title opportunity. Yes, so the winner of the tournament will challenge Naito for both the heavyweight and the Intercontinental Championship at Sakura Genesis on March 31st. So most of the New Japan talent in, is going to be taking part, including some uh, first-time-ever people, including friend of the podcast, uh, Carl Fredericks. Yes, Carl Fredericks will be in action as he takes on Kenta that will take place on March 9th, but before then we got March 8th, Hiroshi Tanahashi taking on Taichi, Kota Bushi versus Zack Sabre Jr. That match will be insane. Mikey Nichols and Sonata, Will Ospreay and Shingo Takagi, that match should also be insane as well. And then final night of the first round block, we got Hiroshi, or, uh, yeah, Hiroshi Tenzan taking on Yoshihashi, Kenta and Carl Fredericks, uh, Kojima versus Evil and Goto and Yujiro Takahashi. So the matches uh, that night, 
the March 9th match, honestly, like that Kenta Carl Frederick Max is seemingly is the most intriguing match out of all of them. Yes, Kenta is probably going to go over, but I really want to see what Carl Fredericks does. I wonder how much they're going to let him shine, how much of his personality and moveset they're going to allow him to do. But obviously Kenta is probably going to win, but it is a very big deal for Carl Fredericks to be in this position. He's definitely been moving up on the New Japan totem pole. Looking forward to what Carl does in 2020 and maybe next year, 2021. G1 Climax Tournament, maybe, maybe. I don't think he's going to be this year, but I think 2021 is a realistic possibility to see Carl Fredericks in the G1 Climax. So overall, uh, this New Japan Cup, I've never really been watching the New Japan Cup. I usually just tune in for the finals, but this year I'm going to definitely try to make it a goal of mine to watch a lot of the matches, especially some of these early round matches with these uh, big names in it. Uh, So it goes... Uh, through the ninth for the first round, then the second round starts the 10th through the 13th. Then we have the quarters March 16, 17, and 18, and the semifinals on March 20th, and the finals in March 21st. So, there you have it. And then finally, we got the NXT recap. It has been way too long since I've been covering NXT, but... It's been a good show overall. I wouldn't say it's been beating AEW on a consistent basis, but I think it has had its ups and downs. But I will say last week, I enjoyed NXT, but I will give the edge to AEW. I thought the AEW show last week was just absolutely phenomenal from start to bottom. Very wrestling heavy, but the matches that they had on there were very good. So coming out of... Takeover. This is the post-Takeover show from last week, February 19th. As always, it took place at Full Sail University in Orlando, Florida. On on commentary, we got Mauro Ranallo, Nigel McGuinness, and Beth Phoenix. The show opened with highlights of Takeover Portland and also showed the story of the Dream Strong main event. Undisputed Era's music played, bringing the entire squad... Uh, It's a little strange to see them come out and only have one championship when there's only one champion, and it's Adam Cole. We do not get the Kyle O'Reilly guitar solo, which is a shame. Uh, So we get Cole. He said that everyone else has also learned the hard way and that he is the greatest NXT champion there's ever been. Dream's music played. Dream's voice played over the intercom. We didn't see him. It was just his logo and he just kind of played some more mind games with Roderick Strong. He said, leave your boys at home, so what happens in this match is just for you. So once again, the Velveteen Dream playing into his gimmick right now, which he's playing a lot of mind games with Roderick Strong, where he's uh, basically teasing that he's going to destroy Roderick Strong and fuck his wife and take his kid from him. So that's a baby face for you. In the Velveteen Dream. Great. In the opening match, we got Leo Rush taking on Jordan Devlin for the Cruiserweight Championship. All in all, this match goes about 18 minutes, 30 seconds, and Jordan Devlin gets the win. It was pretty much what you would expect. A lot of action from these two. Definitely picked up later, I believe. Uh, 
at least a commercial break. I believe there's probably two commercial breaks in this match, and it definitely picked up late. Uh, Leo went to the top for a final hour, but Devlin cut his legs out on the turnbuckle. Devlin attempted a Spanish fly, but Leo countered with uh, an attack uh, with a poison rana. Leo missed the final four, and then Devlin hit a headbutt and finished him with the Devlin slide. A very good match, but once again, as we've kind of seen on NXT, it is now the NXT Cruiserweight Championship, but we haven't seen a whole lot of developments with the Cruiserweight Championship. It all started with Leo. He had the kind of back-and-forth feud with Angel Garza, and Garza wins. Didn't really do a lot on NXT. He'd have a match every now and then. He came out on commentary, no real storyline development. And then he loses it on uh, the World's Collide show. Garza goes up to Raw to fill the vacancy for Andrade. Devlin comes in. Now he's kind of all over the place, being on NXT 205 Live and NXT UK. I just, I, I don't really know what the plan is for the Cruiserweight division. I don't, I, it doesn't really intrigue me because the Cruiserweights have always kind of been the high-octane, fun, you know, high-paced, great match, but now everyone has those type of matches, so it's going to be really hard for the Cruiserweights to stand out. Even New Japan, like, New Japan has great heavyweight matches, but yet uh, they the junior division stands out because they have kind of smaller guys, but they also have fantastic matches in different ways. Yes, they're hard-hitting in some aspects, but they're a little more high-flying. And when it comes to WWE, there's the WWE style. Yes, NXT might be a little bit different, but for all, for the most part, a lot of these matches are going to be very similar, so it's going to be very hard for the Cruiserweight division to stand out. But I'm still holding out hope that Devlin can do something. I'm, I'm high on Devlin. I think he can be good. Not saying he can push him to the moon or anything, but I'm liking uh, his upside. Backstage, we have an announcer, a male announcer. Don't know what his name is. R.I.P. Kathy Kelly. She is no longer with NXT. Uh, happy or good luck on her future endeavors, wherever. The road shall take her. So anyways, the male announcer interviewed Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Raquel said that Dakota is somehow the outcast after War Games. Well, not anymore. Dakota said Raquel had her back, so now she has hers. William Regal intervened and made a match in two weeks. So next week, uh, Kai will face Tegan Knox in a steel cage. Austin Theory was introduced for a match. But then Tommaso Ciampa comes out to the ring, grabbed a mic, Theory attempted to stop it, but then Ciampa said, listen to me, not tonight, and then I'm telling you tonight. He said that he is focused on getting Goldie back, but he stopped paying attention to his surroundings and stopped listening to his instinctual voice inside, and then Ciampa said, he knows why, and Johnny knows why. So then Austin Theory tried to attack, but then Ciampa made quick work of him. Very uh, quick work of Austin Theory. Don't really think that helps Austin Theory out too much. But then he lays him out. Ciampa then gets back on the mic. He said that he needs to get his life back, and there could be no Johnny Gargano in NXT. As Ciampa walked up the ramp, Theory tried to attack him again, and then Ciampa avoided and tossed him into the, the ring barricade over and over and over again. So not a good look for Austin Theory here. A good promo, I would say, from Tommaso Ciampa. Interesting promo saying that he, there cannot be a Johnny Gargano in NXT, so does this mean it's going to be a Loser Leaves Town match? And if that's the case, what exactly happens? I would say Johnny Gargano were to lose that match, but then what does Gargano do? Does he go to WWE? And if so, 
I think it's gonna be very hard for Gargano to be a heel. If he's if he's introduced as a heel, I think it's gonna be hard. So I'm gonna stay tuned and just wait and see what they do with this uh, this aspect of the feud of because obviously I think they're heading towards Gargano and Champa at WrestleMania Takeover. Then we get to Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde taking on the Grizzled Young Vets, Zach Gibson and James Drake in a tag team match. Grizzled Young Vets make quick work and win in four minutes and three seconds. A enjoyable match. I think both Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde can be a little bit more than just kind of, you know, job squad fodder. But Grizzled Young Vets are great. Uh, Zach Gibson is just absolutely fantastic on the mic. And they're, with the tag team division, the way it is in NXT and with the Bruiserweights coming in as new champions, I think having the Grizzly Young Vets come in and maybe be their first opponents is a good way to kind of set up the tag team division later on down the road. So I'm not mad at it. I am intrigued to see what they do. Speaking of those Broserweights. We get a match between the Broserweights, Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle taking on Oni Lurkin and Danny Birch. The Broserweights win in 11 minutes. Good, solid match, what you would expect from these four lads. Backstage, we get Roderick Strong telling the rest of the Undisputed Era that he has to do this for himself because he has to protect the pride of his family, and yet Roderick Strong is the heel in this situation. The Forgotten Sons cut a patriotic promo on the Grizzled Young Vets. They don't really, uh, it's, I mean, I don't know why the Forgotten Sons are cutting patriotic promos and trying to stand up to the Brits because we're supposed to hate the Grizzled, uh, we're supposed to hate the Forgotten Sons, but, you know, when worse comes to when it's heel versus heel, you gotta stand up for America, brother. And so that's probably gonna set up a match between them later on down the line, probably next week, or sorry, this week or the week after. Just another match for the Grizzled Young Vets to win and get the American audience more familiar with them. Keith Lee came to the ring. They did some replays on his appearance on Backstage, which was really good. If you haven't seen it, go on YouTube. I assume there's clips. Keith Lee with uh, Renee Young and Paige and everybody. He does two segments that really stood out. You know, he does a sit-down interview and he kind of talks about them. And then Keith Lee and Mark Henry have a sit-down and they talk about big men in the wrestling. And, and Mark Henry just completely just puts over... Keith Lee, like, there's no tomorrow. It was just really fun and really intriguing to see those two guys talk about just wrestling and life in general. So, if you haven't, go and check that out. Uh, Speaking of Keith Lee, he did have a match, and he takes on Kona Reeves. Poor Kona. He runs at him, and Lee lifts him up for the Big Bang catastrophe. Boom. Keith Lee wins in 10 seconds. As he should. Poor Kona. And then, after the fact, Dominic Dijakovic shows up and basically, they set up a rematch. Later on down the line, Keith Lee says, if you can get Regal to agree, he's all for it. I don't know what this exactly means. They've kind of gone to the well a lot with this match. I would assume the next step in this story is to have Dijakovic turn heel on Keith Lee because they've done it so many times. I think, in the end, Dijakovic is probably more effective in this NXT scenario as a heel, because he is so much bigger, he would have to cut back on the high-flying aspect of his game, but I think he's so talented in other ways that he doesn't need to do all those flips. So, uh, I think that's where they're going on this one. Next up, we get a rematch of a match a few weeks ago. Caden Carter taking on Chelsea Green with Robert Stone. The match starts. 
they go back and forth, and then the match gets interrupted by Bianca Belair. Doesn't attack anyone, just comes in with a microphone, and she is yelling. Um, she said she Kanye Wested them. I'm going to let y'all finish, but Charlotte wants to put her hands on her. She's going to have to get her hands on her back. When she gets a chance, she's going to whoop her ass. So Charlotte and Bianca Belair, it is official. Charlotte is going to return to full sale tomorrow on Wednesday to take on Bianca Belair. I'm very excited to see what they do in that match. I hope that it's a straight-up match. Charlotte wins, and this doesn't lead to some sort of schmoz where Bianca Belair gets inserted into the WrestleMania match as a triple threat. Just have it be a showcase for Charlotte. Bianca can get something from this. But have Charlotte go over and build to Charlotte versus Rhea. Charlotte needs to go full-fledged heel, be nasty. Yes, Bianca has kind of been a heel tweener, but I think with this whole NXT, you know, Raw Raw stuff, I think you can get away with having Charlotte be just really, really mean and nasty to Bianca and have Rhea make the save, but yet still don't do it to where... Bianca is inserted into the match. But anyways, they go back, and the match re- or not restarts, but the match resumes. Chelsea Green wins in 4 minutes and 40 seconds. And nothing really to this match. I don't know why they had Caden Carter beat Chelsea Green in the first place when they put some emphasis on her early on. With the Robert Stone brand, I would assume they're going to have some more women or some more acts join him later on down the road. Later on down the road, I know Deanna Perrazzo was someone who was with Chelsea Green. I don't know if they're going to rekindle that relationship, but just something to keep an eye out for in the women's division. Then, in the main event, we get Velveteen Dream taking on Roderick Strong, and this match goes 15 minutes and 45 seconds. Velveteen Dream gets the win after uh, some back-and-forth action, and Dream fights off uh, a move I... Some, some sort of move on the top turnbuckle. And then Dream hits a Dream Valley driver for the three, but then quickly after the match, Undisputed attacks Dream to leave, it, leave him laying in the ring. So they're going to continue on this feud. If I were to guess, with Tommaso Ciampa and uh, Johnny Gargano kind of sidelined, there is Finn Balor. Finn Balor did cut a in-studio or whatever, you know, off-site promo where he talked about, you're going to see my next move. So Finn Balor will be doing something tomorrow on NXT. Who knows what that is? Is he going to attack Adam Cole? Does he attack somebody else? But as of this moment, I would say the two favorites to challenge Adam Cole for the NXT title is probably going to be either Velveteen Dream or Finn Balor. As I said, overall, a good show, but I thought that the... AEW show is just a little bit better. And they are shows in two completely different uh, directions right now. AEW is building towards a pay-per-view. NXT is coming off of a pay-per-view. So, you know, obviously the two shows are going to be a little bit different of sorts. But this week we have NXT, I think, going to move in the direction towards TakeOver. And AEW going to, you know, ranch it up with build towards revolution and now it's been a while so i gotta check the email utrmailbag at gmail.com to see if any of you lovely listeners emailed me asked where i was asked if my you know well-being was in jeopardy nope nothing in the mailbag it's okay uh that'll do it for me for today as promised i've been working with el tecalote a local san francisco 
uh, newspaper for my class at SF State, and I'm doing a story on Starboy Charlie. Yes, we did an interview with him back a few months ago. I am going to be doing a series on Starboy Charlie on this podcast. I have interviews with Starboy Charlie, local referee and promoter Sparky Ballard, as well as longtime veteran wrestler Rick Luxury. So uh, not going to nail down the details with Philip on when those episodes are going to come out, but uh, look for something by the end of the week, possibly this weekend. Uh, maybe I'm going to throw them all up at one time, maybe once a week. Still don't exactly know, but the first episode will be Starboy Charlie. I sit down with him for about 20 minutes. We go over a bunch of different aspects of his career, getting into the business, what he's doing now. He will be wrestling on WrestleMania weekend. We talk a little bit about that. So thank you all very much. Make sure to tune in to the Bullocast on Thursday, same time, same place, uh, where we react to Blood Money 5 and we preview AEW Revolution, all that good fun stuff. Until next time, my name's been Brandon Tanguma. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye and good night. Uh, bye-bye. <laughs>